You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music thinkers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, we did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. Shame on you. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever, well, it didn't happen. Here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? My fellow Americans, it's time to speak out. They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their name. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. Their children were saved. Their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much, and may God bless America. Now continue with Heather Gerken. Uh, so I'm delighted to be here. I, I, I'm really glad. When I got Aton's uh, invitation, he really had me at ISPS um, because it's, it's just an extraordinary organization, period. And it does this wonderful job of trying to help academics connect to the real world, which is, I can promise you, harder than you would think. Um, and I didn't even know what a great panel I would be with at the time. So I, my job is, uh, going, is to give you an overview of where current disclosure proposals stand. And then I'm going to talk to you about a new idea um, that's been getting a little bit of traction of late. Needless to say, I think my part of the pro program is the doom and gloom part, which is to talk about how nothing is happening, even though this seems very straightforward. So we have not made a lot of headway on the disclosure front in the wake of the Supreme Court's full-throated eight to one endorsement of transparency in the much-loathed Citizens United. There are a few states that are getting some traction. Minnesota, for example, passed disclosure legislation aimed at corporate 
independent spenders. California is working on thinking about transparency for the initiative process. But at the federal level, the results have been, I think the easy phrase is depressing. Um, supporters of transparency have tried no fewer than three times in the last three years to pass the Disclose Act. And each time, each time for repassage, the act has been shorn of its more controversial provisions in the hope of assuring passage. And each time, the slimmed down version has not been able to slip through what few policymaking cracks still exist in Washington. Now, I don't think that will come as a surprise to anyone who is a Hill watcher. I mean, things have gotten so terrible in DC now that when I teach my con law students about the separation of powers, I begin, once upon a time, Congress <laughs> passed laws. Now, the repeated failure to pass the Disclosed Act might come as a surprise to someone who remembers the debates over maintaining Feingold, when one member after another of the Republican Party stood up and insisted that regulation was unnecessary, provided we had adequate disclosure rules. And so you might think to yourself, based on that uh, discussion, that if anything, if anything can garner bipartisan support in Washington, surely it is transparency. Unfortunately, Virginia, there is no Santa Claus. Because this issue, like so many others in Washington, has become deeply politicized, thereby making it hard to find sponsors from both sides, let alone enough votes to pass legislation. The latest uh, version of the Disclosed Act does three main things. First, it redefines what constitutes an independent expenditure and pairs it with real-time reporting requirements, which are much more possible today than they were when McCain-Feingold was passed. Second, it extends special reporting requirements to certain kinds of organizations, just the ones you would guess, corporations, unions, tax-exempt charitable organizations, and now super PACs. And finally, it tries to address the problems associated with transfers among organizations, which is really a common strategy for hiding donors from the public view. It amounts to something like an institutional shell game. Now, you can see why reformers cared the most about these reform provisions. Because for years, Congress and the FEC have been playing the regulatory equivalent of whack-a-mole with funders, as Trevor described. So whenever regulations make it hard for wealthy donors to fund politics, donors find another outlet to fund it. So Congress closes the soft money loophole for political parties, and money goes into issue ads and the 527s that Trevor described. 527s have now been displaced by super PACs and 501c4s. These organizations either didn't exist or at least weren't major players in early elections, but now they matter a lot. And reformers are very, very interested in trying to make them more transparent. That's why the Disclosed Act sponsors maintain these provisions, even as they gave up a lot of the stuff that they'd managed to embed in earlier parts of the Act, including some very robust disclaimer rules, shareholder and lobbyist disclosure rules. Now, there are also some other proposals floating around the Hill. Um, none seems to have a serious chance of passing. I will say many of them don't even have a single join on, on them. Um, now, for those of you thinking there must be another route to reform, it's worth noting that it's not just Congress uh, that's been struggling on this front. So the FEC uh, is often described as the uh, institution that was built to fail. It has three Republican and three Democratic nominees, and, and they have been deadlocking in a way that they did not, for example, when Trevor was on the commission. Even the IRS, the poor IRS, 
has ventured into the elections arena, and it experienced a thumping so severe that you would have thought that House of Cards Frank Underwood had arranged it. <laughs> so as, as, as Trevor mentioned ever so briefly, the IRS has jurisdiction over the 501c4s, which are the crucial source of dark money at this moment. So these include things like Carl Rove's Crossroads GPS. And these so-called social welfare organizations spent a huge amount of money in the last few years. But unlike political parties, PACs, or super PACs, they aren't required to disclose their donors. Now, social welfare organizations are allowed to do that because, as Trevor noted, they are primarily supposed to be involved in non-campaign activity. But that vague standard left a lot of room for the lawyers to maneuver. And the IRS decided to sort of think about what that meant um, and just try to figure out if it ought to establish some more rules about that. It received 150,000 comments, more than for any other regulation in IRS history. And they were overwhelmingly negative. Both conservative and liberal groups insisted that the proposal would stifle legitimate social welfare activities and run afoul of the First Amendment. And some, some thought that while um, uh, the, the, that was what the sort of protests were, I will say my quarrel with the IRS proposal was that even if it managed to tamp down on some 501c4 activities, it would not have made them more transparent. So the question is, where do we go from here in this depressing state of affairs if there's any hope for reform, and I will just say that is a big if uh, in Washington, then we need to find something that meets a few criteria. First, it has to be less controversial than the Disclose Act, and thus potentially something that could get passed because the Disclose Act has been a resounding failure so far. <coughs> Second, given that stalemates in Congress aren't likely to go away anytime soon, it would be a proposal that helps us avoid the regulatory whack-a-mole game going forward, given that the odds of Congress returning to this issue anytime soon are pretty small. And finally, given I think that at this point in time, we are confined to what is pretty small gauge reform, we should imagine this is a here to there uh, solution. And what do I mean by that? The here to there solution um, is something that may not be what we want at the end. It may not be the perfect reform strategy, but that it's going to help us get from here to there. It's the kind of small gauge reform that would make bigger and better reform possible. So recently, uh, Wade Gibson, Webb Lyons, and I have proposed something that I think meets these three criteria. We've proposed that Congress require that any advertisement funded directly or indirectly by a group that does not disclose its donors acknowledge that fact. So this non-disclosure disclosure would be simple and truthful. It would say something like, this ad was paid for by X, which does not disclose the identity of its donors. And it would give voters, one would hope, a little bit of a shorthand for figuring out what to think about the ad. So the proposal has some virtues. It's constitutional, for one. Uh, even the much reviled Citizens United decision upheld disclosure and disclaimers by an eight to one vote. The fix is universal for another. It doesn't make the mistake that we sometimes make in campaign finance, which is engage in the regulatory equivalent of whack-a-mole. So oftentimes we try to target the troublemakers du jour while leaving space for other organizations to emerge during the next <coughs> campaign cycle. Our proposal targets, just like the early McCain-Final, targets ads and not organizations. That means it applies to any organization that fails to disclose, social welfare groups and labor unions, chambers of commerce, and private individuals. And better yet, it would apply to organizations that are built to funnel dark money in the future. 
It is also less intrusive than any of the proposals out there, which you might think might be helpful in trying to get it passed. It doesn't mandate that donors stand by their ad. It just mandates that donors who don't stand by their ad have the good grace to admit that fact. And it addresses the shell game being played as donors funnel money through one organization after another. Unless an organization can certify that all of the organizations funding it are transparent, it has to include the disclaimer. Finally, rather than attempting to sail against political headwinds, our proposal works with rather than against political incentives. We are not under any illusion that donors are going to stop seeking anonymous outlets for funding, but our proposal we hope would reduce the value of the anonymous outlets by giving people a reason to be skeptical of the ad or at least denying the donors the anonymity that they crave. Donors are just going to be forced to choose then. They can fund organizations that disclose their donors, like the political parties or super PACs, or if they want to keep their identity hidden, they can fund ads knowing that they might lose a little bit of their oomph uh, in the eyes of cynical voters. Political incentives, one would hope, will push money into transparent organizations rather than away from them. So I don't want to overstate things because it is really hard to get reform passed these days. But if Congress is ever in the mood to do something, a non-disclosure disclosure rule seems like the right something to pass. It is less intrusive than the Disclose Act and thus more likely to garner the bipartisan support that it needs. It is a universal fix, one that regulates the ad, not the organization, and thus ensures that Congress and the FEC won't have to keep playing catch up as political groups shape shift from one institutional form to another. Moreover, it harnesses politics to fix politics, working with political incentives instead of resisting them. In the long run, the hope would be that it will raise awareness of the dark money problem by making it clear to voters and at least making it clear to the media just how many ads are being secretly funded these days. That is nothing close to a full remedy for our alien system, but it is the type of modest reform that might make bigger and better reform possible. Thank you very much. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for letting you, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. He wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. 
on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Podable, and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.